Welcome to Luther's Brew Brothers with Pastor Pat and Layman Dave, and we're here for another episode, and we're going to be speaking about the hostility toward the gospel in our modern age. How you doing, Pastor? Hey, brother. I'm doing well. I mean, how about you? I am fantastic. What are you drinking today? Well, you know, I know it's, again, past... Um, actually past Oktoberfest for a lot of people that celebrate this stuff, but we have our Oktoberfest coming up in our church uh, this Sunday, the 24th of October. So I'm in Oktoberfest mood, I guess. And this is a, um, a Schoner, got to get that umlaut, Schoner tag. It's a Hefeweizen by um, Ennegren and really good. It's got that kind of German, almost Belgian with that little banana aftertaste. Have you have ever had that, that kind of thing? Going yeah. On? Yeah. I think I've, 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 I've had a beer like that. Yeah. I mean, some of the, some of the, uh, Hefeweizens you can kind of taste fruit. Yeah. Yeah. The tall glass and stuff. It's got, yeah, it's got all the little pictures on it. How to, how to drink it like a proper German. Anyway, it's pretty good. Pretty good. How about you? What do you, what do you got there? I'm drinking Elysian's space dust. And, uh, you know, we're coming up October connection. Well, we're coming up on Halloween, right? And, and, uh, I always like that one uh, Simpsons Halloween special where uh-huh. Lisa Lisa thought that uh, uh, Kang and Kodos, the aliens, you know, the, when they yeah, were the Octo- they, they look like uh, like octo- octopus kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that they were going that, that she found the cookbook. You know, it was kind of a parody of that old Twilight Zone, uh, How to Cook Humans. Okay, yeah. I remember that and one. Then, and uh, and Man, that's hey, a, that's a reach. Some, there's some space dust on this book, and oh, there's some more <laughs> space dust. So I decided to to go with the Elysian space dust that works i mean it's a reach but that works yeah, that reach, that's a reach i know we're not talking about halloween this year we no had, uh, you know we we did that for the last two years but we're gonna do it next year we're gonna have a halloween special next year there'll be a lot of good stuff but uh yeah. we're we're departing from that because the state of evangelism is uh it's just tough it's a tough mm-hmm. world to talk about jesus isn't it? isn't it though god it just seems more and more like a uphill battle uh, you know, to, to, to share the good news with, with people. And you think, you think it would be the opposite right now. You think people would be clamoring for the good news of God's love in Christ, but it seems like we're on the defensive more and more. It's especially with the pandemic, you know, yeah, you know, a good, I know. Old, a good old fashioned a plague. You know, plague definitely makes you think about your mortality, right? You would think. You would think, and and we're still losing people. What we're almost up to what seven hundred thousand Americans dead, yeah. And, and 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 I I don't even know what the total is for the world right now. How many how many dead from COVID nineteen? Oh, it's got to be millions yeah. or mil- over a million. Yeah, and, a lot, a lot. Yeah. And, and here you got people that are trusting in the vaccines rather than trusting in. God right. for full salvation. You think everybody would have, you know, scales on their knees because they're just down in prayer, but no. And then you'd think the churches would be full. I mean, aside from the, oh, we can't go out. We're kind of, kind of past that point, but I'm not really seeing any kind of an uptick uh, in church attendance based on, you know, that we are drawing near to the Lord and this our day of trouble. And then throw in the natural disasters. My goodness. Half the country is either underwater or on fire. Mm. You look at the United States. I mean, we're in the West Coast. It seems like there's just these record-breaking fires every year now. It's just not even, you don't even think about it anymore. You just wait for the next sad news and pray that there's no lives lost. And how many hurricanes have come by you guys' way on the East Coast? At least at least two. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I remember because my daughter was down in Pensacola, so we'd always be watching the news for her right. sake. And it's yeah. There well, are a yeah, couple down, big ones down south. It's a little bit more intense than where we are uh, up uh, northern Virginia. But but you guys uh, get the yeah. flooding and stuff up there. No, no, well, I mean, we get some of it. Yeah, we get some of it. We get some tornado watches warnings. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it it it's rarer here. It just it seems is. a lot of craziness but, again. But out it does in seem like every year there's more and more. Uh, you know, like the the they say the hurricane season is lasting longer. The uh, you know. Uh, summer is lasting longer than these, these, the, the intense heat in the, in the West, is, all of it, uh, you know, contributing uh, the droughts. So, but look at, know. look at that too. Now, just like people turn to the vaccine, 
which again, I'm, I'm in favor for. I don't know what everybody thinks out there, but I think it's uh, a, a wise thing to do. Um, but anyway, on, on the whole environmental thing, everybody wants to turn this into a kind of a, a global warming issue, which again, I think there's some merit to that conversation, but this is the problem. When you try to look for an explanation for these as natural phenomenon, be it man-made or, or otherwise, you, you're taking God out of the equation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the basic problem is, brother, there's no fear of the Lord in this mm-hmm. country, be no. it a global pandemic like COVID or natural disasters, crazily off the record. I mean, it's just uh, off the hook what's what's going on no. in so many ways. And right. yet, how many people are turning to God through this? They're explaining it in a thousand other ways. And what used to be a means uh, to get the world's attention, uh, you know, suffering of one kind or another is meant to draw us to the Lord, move us to repent and and to turn to Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Call out to God, Lord, have mercy. But again, I'm not seeing it. So I've been, uh, I've told you, I've been uh, taking a really slow drive through the prophets right now. And it's amazing, you know, it's amazing that, <laughs> that, you know, Israel turned their back on God when things were good, their own prosperity, you know, when they, when they trusted in themselves. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and God sent the same kinds of, of things to their well, doorstep. It, it, and, and worked. it took, it took them, it took, uh, you know, it took, uh, invaders from other countries coming in and raising the whole place and dragging them but off. It, but at least it worked. Yeah. At least it worked in Egypt. The ten plagues. I mean, how many? Uh, how how many did Pharaoh need before he finally? I mean, the death of the firstborn, the angel of death. But at least it worked. At least mm-hmm. temporarily. Okay, Pharaoh had a change of heart, but still, in the whole pursuit in the Red Sea. But the prophets that you're mentioning too. At least in the short term, they didn't remember things very long. But suffering produced produced in 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 the hearts of God's people a penitent spirit Mm -hmm. and returning to God. So then he would forgive and restore. And then the whole cycle would start over again. That's the missing part though, that I'm again, not seeing there's this hostility Mm -hmm. that is directed toward, if not God himself, certainly God's people in the church. And I know there's a lot of um, uh, other issues that are going on right now uh, uh, that maybe again, we're not in sync with current thinking on, on a variety of moral issues. What, for instance, the state of Texas has passed some real restrictive uh, legislation on abortion. And yeehaw, good for you guys that, you know, they really call the beating heart uh, uh, law where uh, SB8, where, uh, you know, you can't, yeah, right. you can't abort a child with a beating heart. I mean, that should be like a no duh, a beating heart. That's a human being inside that mama's uh, womb. Um, but you know, anyway, so I don't know if it's some of that still that kind of, uh, legacy that we Christians are creating a lot of the problems because, you know, we're always finding fault and pointing fingers. You and I know that's not true. You and I know that there's, uh, a mountain of love, uh, uh, awaiting those people that, you know, really seek the Lord and people are welcome in my congregation. I'm, I'm sure, uh, yours too, but I don't know. You'd think with all the bad news happening, again, people would, would turn to the Lord. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it just crossed my mind. Uh, you know, you go to revelation 16, uh, and verse 21 and great hailstones about a hundred pounds fell from heaven on people. And they cursed God for the plague of the hail because the plague was mm-hmm. so severe. That's and actually that- a manifestation of the flesh. When we curse God's right to judge sin, who do you think you are? God, you know, to first of all, give us your law, let alone punish us for breaking them. Who do you think you are? Well, he thinks he's God. Mm. That's because he is. And I think there's that growing resentment again, that God does not have a right, uh, uh, you know, to legislate for his creation uh, to say, this is thus saith the Lord, thou shalt not. And I think there's that resentment of it. And that's that hostility that carries over where, where people just harden their hearts against God. You know, at start though, th- this judgment, uh, it starts with God's own people. And sometimes that's what I'll see too, is this hostility within the households of God, where, where there's this, uh, a divisive spirit at work. Mm-hmm. And it, is that God's, you know, uh, uh, 
one of the things that God does when he's really upset mm-hmm. is he withdraws his word. He takes his word, the lampstand Removes his of his grace. Stand. Yeah. Out of the midst of his people. And that's a judgment because against, against the church, well, if, well, if it Ezekiel, starts with the church, boy, what, what's going to happen to well, the Ezekiel right? world? Where, yeah. Where Ezekiel saw the spirit, the glory the of the temple, Lord, the glory of the Lord lead the temple. Yeah. The Shekinah, that, 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 uh, cloud column of fire and cloud that led the Israelites. That's the glory of the Lord. Mm-hmm, right. It, it just left. God said en- enough. You're not going to hear my word. If you call on me, I'm not going to answer. Mm-hmm. So that's again, that, you know, that, uh, that, that justice of God against, uh, his creation, that, maybe drive some of the hostility that because we want, we want a we want a teddy bear God, mm. you know, it, yeah. we want that warm, fuzzy God that just kind of smirks and looks the other way and ruffles our hair and says, ah, oh, get out of here. You little whippersnapper boys will be boys, you know, and just let it, let it slide. And, and God won't do that though, because he loves us too much. Right. I heard a, a, a Lutheran pastor recently uh, he said that uh, he likened it to um, going to build a bear. You know, uh-huh. you go to build a bear and you can, you can, you know, oh, I want this kind of bear and I want this kind of, you know, you can accessorize it and do all these yeah. different things to it. And that's kind of how people feel with God is that they, oh, I want a God that is, you know, that is loving and, uh, and, and like, like you said, teddy bear kind of God, right? That right. got me thinking about I mean, it. This- that doesn't hug judge, him and he's all judge, soft and plush that doesn't get angry and um, right wouldn't judge and lets me. us do what we want basically lets us do yeah, what we want and that right. that's always been where you know christians are the party poopers of society i think we're often viewed at is we're either out of sync out of step out of date or we're just outright killjoys that you know all this talk of you know do the right thing and be nice to your neighbor you know, people like that part of it. They like they like hearing that love thy neighbor. I've even heard people that don't believe in God will almost quote that passage about loving your neighbor. But um, what do they mean by that love, though? Mm-hmm. If if and it's not even kindness, it's this superficial kind of you know, like love them as long as uh, we kind of uh, uh, get what we want out of each other. But the minute that we don't, and it's not self-serving, then that love becomes something else. Well, and it's. Okay, so and love does no harm to the neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So if love does no harm to the neighbor, can we uh, go along with things that we know are harmful for our neighbor? Not if we love them. That's not even kindness. I used to think that that was maybe okay. There's love on the on the high end of the spectrum, and kindness is somewhere down on the lower end. That kind of an indulgence. No, it's not even kindness. Kindness is a good Christian virtue. I've come to realize uh, that it's not, not a kind of a watered down version of love. No, when you acquiesce to people and just give them what they want or go along with something and, and become complicit with it, that is not the loving thing to do. Mm-hmm. So the church who the Christian in the Christian church that takes its stand on a rightful issue, obviously speaking that truth in love, but takes that stand yeah, we're, there's going to be animosity for it. They're not going to like us. Two, two, a little, uh, two things that popped in my head. Two, two little different uh, views here. So you have Abraham, right? And you know, I'm I'm reading uh, Luther's lectures on Genesis. So right, right. I, I just got through Sodom and Gomorrah. Pretty tough. Oh, yeah. Pretty tough stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, Luther, that's not Luther, light reading. Yeah, yeah. Luther really doesn't like to discuss this kind of stuff, but uh, he, I mean, he he goes to great lengths to show how sorrowful Abraham was that that those five cities were going to be destroyed mm. um and and that he you know he asked the lord if there are you know what did he start with 50 if there are 50 righteous will you will you yeah will you, at 40, and then he kind of it, it bargains down, to, down yeah 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 and so and it ended up you know only lot and his daughters ended up right. you know, coming out well i mean it's lot's wife but that was a different yeah story. she she looked back yeah so right he had lot and his family and that was it that was shepherded out of that area so uh yeah you've got that you know and uh yeah so you you know that is a compassion right of of the of a righteous person for even the even the sinner even people we that don't, don't want to see the deserve that's grace even no. for people that don't don't deserve 
mercy. Um, you still extend it to right. him uh, anyway. Yeah. But then you have Jonah and I identify with Jonah a little bit more because I'm a sinner. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a sinful man. You want to so, go to Tarshish? Yeah. So yeah. what does Jonah do? do? Like go, go preach to Nineveh. And he goes, uh, no, he goes in the opposite direction. Mm. And, and, and God has to get his attention in a big way by having him oh, yeah. swallowed up by a, a whale or a great fish and spit up on the shore. And he finally does what God wants and they repent and they're yeah. and Jonah's not happy about it. So. <laughs> right. Right. And it's tempting. I mean, I get, I get the, um, the Christians that kind of went out into the desert and built their little commune and just said, let the world literally go to hell or Amish. And uh, yeah, they just kind of sequester themselves from society. I, I get that. Or let's, you know, join a monastery or something, but, you know, like it or not, God wants us out in the midst of the people. He sends us out, go, he says. And I know that's the hard part of it. It is sometimes tempting to say, Lord, we've just done our best. They're not interested. Mm -hmm. And every time we bring something up, they just argue with us anyway and fight. And, you know, we just don't want to put ourselves in harm's way. So we're going to just kind of hang out together and maybe even build our walls higher. That kind of, uh, siege mentality you know uh the mighty fortress who is our god to tie it in reformation a little bit let's just stay inside and not worry about them outside yeah or what was that uh rod dreyer's book uh uh the uh, benedict option uh, wall ourselves off from society at this point yeah i get i really do get that because i mean i'm not feeling the love i mean (laughs) it used to be as a as a christian in america you kind of thought we're kind of like not just like tolerated, but we're like, I always thought this was kind of like, we're the, the, the in crowd that we're all kind of Christian in our way. And I've since realized that, man, I don't know if it ever was true, but it certainly isn't now. I feel more and more just marginalized, if not villainized, you know, for a position on even something that you'd think that, you know, God's love in Christ. Well, you can't say that either because then that, you know, alienates others that have different versions of God in the way of salvation. So it's, you get to the point where you, no matter what you say, somebody's going to be pissed off and mad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we say nothing. I think that's Satan's work. He wants us to say nothing. Yeah. So he wants us to stay in church and just lock our doors and um, ask for the password before we let somebody come in. Um, I don't know what that password would be, but uh, probably something out of the book well, of Concord or we, something. Well, we know it's the Holy Spirit. Recite the 95 theses. You yeah. know. Well, we know it's the Holy Spirit that brings them in right yeah um, it is it, and it still is and it always will yeah, be right so we we don't have to feel like it, the, the burden is on our shoulders to to go out and have to save we, we're just messengers right we just carry mm-hmm. that good news and we tell people that are, are feeling you know especially people that are crushed by their sin we, we tell them you know that their sins are forgiven and they have a savior and his name is jesus and uh, but that's, that's the problem who's you know, crushed by their sins anymore that, that's the thing who even takes sins seriously or yeah. god's wrath or judgment i mean i know god poured out his wrath on his son but you gotta on the cross but you gotta understand you gotta wonder some of the stuff going on isn't a judgment in a sense um that is meant to lead people to repentance and faith in christ when, when was the last time that you actually saw what we would call maybe an adult convert an unbeliever becomes a follower of Jesus. What I see a lot of things happening is church growth is God shuffling the deck, people just moving from one congregation to mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. who are already kind. I mean, maybe they're not very active and, and that's a good thing. You know, now some of these people maybe are getting now more active, but it's not a person who goes from a position of unbelief uh, to, uh, to a place of, of salvation, being born again a baptismal convert. I can't even remember as a pastor how, you know, the last time you really had that. Usually you meet people that have sometimes either a watered down or a misguided understanding of the gospel. And and, we're we're just the next stepping stone. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're deeper theology. Right. I I don't know that people are, are uh, interested in, in use this crass language and what we're selling. Uh, We're not selling anything, but you know what I mean? I mean, here we are as what as, we're given. Yeah, yeah. Bible-based, Christ-centered people proclaiming the gospel. 
I don't think a lot of people are yeah. inter- interested. And I'm not sure if that's the hostility that you're talking about. Well, where it, that people are bored or and, and apathetic towards the Christian gospel in a church, but well, it's when, happening. Okay. So when society loses the whole concept of shame, right. Of guilt, mm-hmm. of shame. Right. Right. When, when you, when you're raised in a family where anything goes, mm-hmm. you know, you're okay. I'm okay. Uh, you know, uh, there maybe maybe then there is when you don't when you grow up and you don't have a sense of guilt or shame you don't have a conscience really do do you or not a pricked one anyway yeah not one that feels uh guilt and remorse yeah so uh you know I've, i've had situations in my life and and they they you know what every every place i've ever worked um and and i'm not out there i'm not out there preaching sermons to people on a daily basis i'm just out there doing my job loving my neighbor as myself i get to share here and there where god opens a door um but i I get this feeling that i'm the language police i'm the morality police oh that that people they they they, they're careful what they say mammon's around okay let's watch what we're saying right um and and so is that a witness Hmm. You know, does that witness to the world or is that, is that, uh, you know, just an impediment? Well, how does it make you feel when, when you come into those situations and well, I've even the said, conversation gets kind of quieter? Well, you know, like I've even said, well, somebody curses and then they, everybody looks at me and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not the language police. Yeah. I've actually yeah. said that, you know, yeah, you, you don't, don't answer have to me. be, you don't have to be uncomfortable around me. Huh? You know? Yeah. Well, it's not a bad thing. I mean, uh, that when the Christian is present, we represent in, in our presence, a kind of, uh, we, we sanctify a space, maybe I'll put it, that we represent a kind of presence of God. And maybe even intuitively, the unbeliever or the kind of, you know, half-hearted believer recognizes something in that. There may be some hope in that, actually, um, where, you know, here we're thinking, nobody's interested in the gospel anymore. I, I've often succumbed to that kind of despair. And I realize that's not true. We have, as, I think, some unique opportunities to share the gospel as Christ church today. And that's where we need to be even more vocal and more present uh, rather than less. But I know that sense of, of, of uh, you know, despair or forsakenness, that it just doesn't seem like America's interested in church anymore in worship attendance, in support of the mission of the church, in, you know, holiness of life, pursuit of righteousness. It just seems less and less. Well, what Jesus, that hunger and thirst for righteousness, right? Right, right. That that, that seems to be lacking in, in, especially in the the United States. At least in our place. I mean, like I say, you know, the Bible speaks about this in the the last days. Um, And whether this is, a last days or the last days is up to God. God knows the day or the hour. But something has definitely changed culturally that I think a lot of us who are trying to walk faithfully and be connected to God and be into the word are really seeing and feeling. And I think this is, as, as you raised the subject today, that hostility of, of not feeling welcome. It's not, you don't feel at home in your own, in your own country anymore. You feel like you're a foreigner. But in a way, we are. Isn't that what the Bible talks about? Is that we are citizens yeah. of heaven? We are yeah. ambassadors for Christ. Well, and Jesus said, maybe they, this is a good thing in disguise. Well, Jesus said, if they hated me, they will hate you. Right. Uh, a servant is not above his master. Right. Amen. So um, we we should expect uh, if if we are out there in the world and by our vocation, by doing our vocation, by by loving our neighbor as ourselves, we're we're looked down on or we're persecuted um you know that we should we should expect that that that's just gonna that comes with the territory of being a christian and maybe in a way this is long overdue we were talking about all these things earlier with uh covid and with uh the changes in climate and the disasters that they are bringing that wow why isn't that bringing people to god but maybe god's got to start clean house first. He's got to start with his church. Maybe the Christian church 
finally needs a little dose of persecution before we wake up, mm. before mm-hmm. we fear the Lord and yeah. take him seriously. Right. And realize how how much we need God before we dig into the scriptures and become students of the word again and not just pew warmers or people that are religious and show up once in a while when it right. suits our convenience. Or, or um, we sit where we sit in a, a pew on Sunday, but in the world we're pluralistic, right? Right, right. See, I think it's good in a sense that these um that this distinction is becoming more more visible between true believers and the world. Uh, I think for a long time, you couldn't tell the tell them apart, you know, the, the church and the world. I mean, from the way that Christians were living and behaving, their level of commitment, their, their moral choices, et cetera, uh, their commitment. You couldn't tell the difference between a person who is a Christian or isn't a Christian. It kind of all just kind of meshed into one kind of cultural hodgepodge. But now people that really are biblically minded, uh, not just church attending, but following Christ from a knowledgeable standpoint of faith, you know, we're becoming more obvious in the world that mm. we don't fit in. And, and that's a good thing. Ecclesia, called out of the world. That's the church. That's well, the and, biblical and, word for church. And again, are we shining a light in a dark place that doesn't want the light? Right. And that's where we're, that's, that's where we're being, you know, uh, where we're getting the attention, uh, negative attention. I think uh, some of I think some of the problem is, brother, is for a long time a lot of us grew up with this idea that America is supposed to be or is a Christian nation. No, and now we're feeling this brunt that that it really isn't, and there's this backlash on a, on a variety of fronts. This is like Rome, you know. Yeah, it's a it's it's a plurality of of gods, you know. But maybe maybe again, God's doing us a favor here that. Um, that it's never been that way. Uh, we, uh, we've been kind of disillusioned, but think of that word to be disillusioned is to have illusions taken away. <laughs> so just to be dis, I used to think being disillusioned was a bad thing. And I'm starting to realize God's doing us a favor. He removes the illusions that we are one nation under God, indivisible. Mm-hmm. Come on. This country is so pitifully divided on so many things well yeah but what is your a nation time? under god hardly that could so, be a, that could be a million different things it could be know? so yeah. maybe maybe we're waking up to the reality that you know what you know um we've never really been welcomed as god's people not just in america but on earth why why do we think this idea this 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 uh augustinian city of god you know this mm. this millennialistic view that somehow christians are prosperous and rule the earth that's never been the model biblically. No. You know, it's, it's, my kingdom is not of this world, mm. Jesus says. Right. So this idea that we're supposed to be accepted and people should give us a medal and pat us on the back because we're good Christians and we're doing good and they should see it. I think, again, that's where a lot of us have thought, wait a minute, I'm trying to help here. Well, why are you angry at me? Maybe the only shame that's really left is the fact that, that when you are out there and you're, and you're, you're, are, you're, you're free in Christ, you're free from your sins in Christ, and you're out there loving and serving your neighbor, people see right. that and resent it. Especially if it's in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And, and as they, Christians, you know, we like that, we like that light. Well, think about the image that Christ gives us about, you know, being that light. Think about it. It's it, the candle, put it under a bushel, no, and let it shine, or the city on the hill. Okay, have you ever seen a light on a hill? Yeah, it's a beacon, mm-hmm. but it's surrounded by a lot of black, a lot of darkness. So well, Jesus, why, yeah, why Jesus, do we think that we're going to be surrounded by light? We're That's the whole point. We're not surrounded by light, so we need to be light. Well, Jesus shone like the sun, and they hung him on a cross. <laughs> yeah. So why would we think we're going to be any better when we let our little light shine compared to that? And and if we're persecuted for it, we, right. we need to understand that that's just part and parcel of what what we have to deal with in this world. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I think, you know, this idea that we're surprised as Christians uh, today and have grown up as as Christians thinking most people were Christians in America. And we're surprised all of a sudden that we're getting all this flack or the world doesn't like us anymore. Or again, we're, we're, we're marginalized or laughed off and we're acting like we're surprised all of a sudden. Wake up, Christian. You know, we've never been welcomed right. in this world. Well, and, and then it even extends into 
where where you've got people that are and and luther i mean even dealt with this i mean he talked about the true church and the false church mm-hmm. back in the in the in the first world you know uh uh you know uh, with cain right cain cain uh worshiped too but falsely false church true yeah church. Uh, always mixed so you we deal with this as today american evangelicalism especially who who look down on us that we're just we're just about the law you know we yeah you know uh and it's so we even have to fight our own what we think is our own people that they're really not our own, yeah. our own people you know what i mean we, or, well i mean luther dealt or with maybe it in this day he dealt with he dealt with the the roman catholic church and right. uh the they were the false church of their time and they're the false still the false church today because they don't they don't recognize the 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 freedom of the gospel mm. uh, they're still hung up on works but you but you have a, a american evangelicalism doing this exactly the same thing um, yeah well, like I'm saying, maybe God starts cleaning up his own house first. And this hostility that we're feeling, because uh, I know we're feeling it, and that's why we're talking about it. Um, uh, we, 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 we maybe hostility. it's got to start at home. I get, I get hostility from other Christians, you know, well, that, that believe what, that, what I'm that saying. believe that, you know, hey, you don't think a, pa- a woman could be a pastor, or you think homosexuality is a sin? you know right what, yeah what are you, you know what are you reading or not reading again it goes back to like we were we were talking about a little bit earlier is that no one wants to be in the word anymore that people read books by uh whatever the, the the fashionable pastor is at the time uh and they get their information or the or the, or the pseudo theologian you know that yeah. masquerades as a as a pastor but really is kind of right so they're not like reading the Bible. Pop psychology, re- pop theology. They're yeah. reading commentaries on the Bible. Or at least to ask the question, what does God think? You know, if that, I think that is something where Christians, as we grapple with these issues, these, these um, moral issues in our society and how the world changes. And as Christians, we should always consult the word. Right. Well, what does God think about this? Right. To even ask that question, you get just shouted out. Well, like, no, ex- and exactly is that you? you who cares uh, what God thinks? It's like, well, yeah, I, why, what do you mean? We should all care what God thinks. Well, you're on a losing foot already, right? Already, if if you say, well, my authority is the Scripture, right? You're on a losing foot because, um, you know, people are going to come in and they're going to say, well, that was written by men. Yeah, in a long time ago, and in in a culture where where women were property, yeah. So it's it's just dismissed on that basis, or because it raises things like slavery, uh, it's it's uh, you know no longer uh, you know useful for our times, and so the script that that's what I think is, you know it 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 where it becomes difficult if we have no if we have no meeting place, no common ground to have a conversation where we understand what we're talking about in the same context, we can never understand one another. Mm-hmm. And I think the Christian, you know, we know that we always consult the scripture. We always return to the word. What is, what does God say? Thus saith it the Lord. Yeah. Right. And, and that's where the conversation needs to, to, to begin and, and to end. So if we don't have scripture to agree on. And that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't even know many Christians uh, outside of our confession uh, that seriously believe the Bible is the inerrant, infallible, inspired word of God anymore, and the source of all, you know, n- norm and truth of, 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 of what's, what God, you know, deems is right. Right. It's becoming a slimmer and slimmer margin of, of people, you know, uh, well, that was cultural. That was just for that day. Well, then you're on a slippery slope, right? What, you know, then it's uh, just public is, opinion right. and and social media that decides what's right and wrong. And then what's you're a true. Caf- you're a cafeteria Christian, just picking and choosing what you want to believe, right? Uh, and leaving the rest, you know, because it doesn't fit your viewpoint. Yeah, you know, your uh, wo- worldview. Your v- worldview these days. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a biblical worldview is less and less uh, something that you that you encounter. So and I, that's so that, that's that's the sad part, and that's where the Christian becomes marginalized. Because I mean, you and I, I you know, I, I so, look, I'll keep an open heart to anybody, and let's talk about these things. But let's start with Scripture. What does God say? And what does right. this? Mean? And I know yeah. we're I know we're crying in our beer now about these <laughs> things, right? 
So well, let's, I don't want to cry about, in my beard. This yeah, is still, I, I got a little bit left. This I'll, is still I'll make it a little salty. Um, wh- what do we, uh, okay. So practically, what do we do about level? It? Uh, yeah. How do we talk to the unchurched about our viewpoint about, well, not our viewpoint, but, but God's viewpoint, not mm-hmm. your truth or my truth, but the truth. Mm-hmm. How do we get to the truth? This is a hard question. Yeah, it, it, it always is. And I think the best and most honest um, answer to that, and it's not a strategy, it's just sincerity. You win them first by love. And I know that sounds like a tired cliche, but I'm drawn again here from the scripture, not just trying to be, uh, you know, trite or, or popular. Uh, they'll know you are Christians by your love. You know, they don't care what you know until they know that you care. I remember that from being a vicar with, with Pastor Heimer, who you and I met. Mm. That was one of his favorite lines, and it just stuck with me. You know, they don't care what you know unless they know that you care. So we can quote scripture and whip out our catechism in the book of Concord and be as right as rain. But if they don't know that we love them, and if we don't know, they don't know that we actually demonstrate that love. That's Jesus. Yeah. You know, Jesus didn't hit him between the eyes with, with the word. He attacked Satan with the well, word. He had and the he, Pharisees too, but he, he loved sat, them. Yeah. He sat down and he had a meal with them. He related yeah. to them. He got to know them. And he maybe did. that's what we're talking about is it starts with relationship. It does. It does. I mean, and maybe Christians have gotten, you know, a little self-criticism. Maybe we've gotten lax on that. We've taken it for granted that, well, we're a Christian nation. We shouldn't have to be nice. Uh, you should just want to come to church and you should just want to pray and read your Bible. But when they don't see Christians acting in biblical uh, or loving ways, you know, is that a church you really want to go to? Or when churches become social clubs, when it's yeah. all just about entertainment and parties and not about worship and study, well, we can't compete with the world that way. We just don't have the means to be uh, fun well, and exciting. We're, yeah, we're just a, a cheap imitation if we're yeah. just a social club. So, so maybe, maybe you know, we've invited some of this problem by our own uh, laxity as Christians by not emphasizing worship and Bible study and, and uh, practicing it ourselves in a, in a consistent way across the board. There's always those few faithful, but many more that claim to be Christians, even members of a congregation, aren't living the faith. Well, no wonder sometimes the people of the world are confused then. What do Christians really stand for? What do, what do they believe? How engaged are we in the community with helping people, uh, with making their lives better in yeah. concrete ways? So I, I think the answer to your question is, is we, we win them over by love. Yeah. So, you know, instead of me, for example, you know, I'm telling them, Hey, I'm not the morality police. You know, I'm just a human being. I'm a sinner. <laughs> Trust right. me. I, I, I tell people all the time, talk to my wife. She'll tell you, I'm not, I'm not as good as what you're seeing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she'll, she'll tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, Yeah. she'll give it to Cl- you straight. The theology. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it, I think it, it comes down to that. I had a, I had a, you know, one of the teachers, uh, you know, invited me out to hang out with him and his buddies. And, uh, you know, we, we went out, we went to Hooters and of course, I mean, I don't like what the women wear. I think it's kind of degrading to them or whatever, but I was trying, I was going out trying to hang out and being, you know, does try to, one of the guys, yeah, again, about relationship, right? Because if you don't have relationships with people, like you're saying, it's, it's, you're not going to get anywhere with them when you do want to share. If if we're just going to preach at them. And tell yeah. them how they're sinners. That's yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah. So we we need to be able to again have a relationship. We need to be, relate to people. Like Paul said, I'm all men. I'm all all things to all men. So I may save some, right? Right. Right. Um, and pick so, the log out of our own eyes instead of you know complaining yeah, about the speck yeah, in our brothers. Yeah. Again, I'm self-deprecating all the time. I don't come yeah. off as, hey, you know, I'm holier than thou. I I, I tell people all the time because. I mean, I get that all the time, you know, that the people think I'm just a notch above. Yeah. No, 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 no. You walk on water. <laughs> I am in the same sinful boat yeah. as you are and everybody else. See, that's important that they hear a Christian say that, that, you know, our stand on what we believe is, is God's word 
on these issues isn't the same as saying, therefore, we are better no. than these other people or that, you know, our um, our lives are all held together. It, it, it's not, you know, it's, it's the grace of God that holds us together. Yeah. And I think that's where our witness comes out uh, in a powerful way where we understand where we share with people, honestly, our own frustrations, our own struggles uh, in our witness, that we don't, you know, have all the answers and we don't have it all together, but Christ does and he loves us. And I right. want you to know he loves you too. Right. I think that's, you know, so when you're sitting down in Hooters with your beer, you well, know, maybe me, it's, a weird, I mean, maybe I told, it's a weird context when I told of it, Judy, but, When I told Judy, hey, I'm going to go to Hooters with these guys. And she's like, really? <laughs> I said, but, but beer, it, dear, it's an evangelism call. I'm doing this yeah. for Jesus. And I'm like, I'm like, look, it wasn't my choice. Yeah. 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 But I, I don't want to seem like a, you know, like I, I, I'm, I'm condemning these guys for where they go. Um, so, you know, so I'm trying my best here. Just give yeah. me a break, you know, so trying to look at the waitress's eyes while you're, t- <laughs> while you're talking to her yeah. about Jesus. No. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but anyway, it turned out okay, you know. Yeah. I, I survived. I didn't uh, right. Yeah, I didn't have to go and do personal confession and absolution <laughs> afterwards. So Right, uh, right, yeah. right. So, you I, know, well that's it, good. That's good. I mean, what would Jesus do? I mean, would he have gone to I think he would have gone. I think he would have well, gone. He got accused for sitting down and, and with, with prostitutes, the prostitutes and tax yeah. collectors having a meal. And in their culture, having a meal was the highest form of that's uh, acceptance. Uh, acceptance, right? That's communion, too, by the way. Yeah, so, to eat with somebody is, is you accept them. Right. So um, I think we need to kind of, you know give it you know like like uh, just relax a little bit that we that that god's not going to be upset with us it's about a, the motive of our hearts isn't it it's not necessarily the- i'm coming around to that full circle where i mean i went through and i still have frustrated days like what did we do so wrong people we're trying to be good neighbors and we're trying to be helpful to tell you about jesus and to preach the gospel and to open the bible it's not about our arrogance our hubris you know we're trying to be uh, helpful to you and share the way of salvation and we're getting all this flack for it but i've kind of come full circle to say you know some of it's deserved in the sense that the church has been lax in its witness of love we haven't been the best examples of christ uh to the world so i mean some of this we have to bear a little bit ourselves but then the other part of it is you know jesus said it was going to be like this why are we acting surprised right why, why, who do we think that, you know, America is the exception to the rule and the world's going to love us and we're a Christian nation and everybody should just go to church. And what's the problem, everybody? You know, I've kind of, I've just, like I said, come, come full around to say, look, it's always been this way. Um, some of it's deserved. Uh, what do we do with it right now? Again, that's kind of what you're asking. And I think it's well, just, you know, start where we are right now with relationships and friendship and well, helpfulness right. and service. The path is narrow. Yeah. The gateway is wide that leads to discretion, right? The path is narrow that leads to eternal life. The the road is broad that leads to destruction, right? So we need to realize that we're we're going to we're, we have an uphill battle, right? And, um, and always have. That's the yeah. that's the point I'm making uh, today is we always have. I think why we're frustrated and why a lot of Christians are feeling this this uh, animosity is because we think it's new that something has changed in, in, our, in our, our nation or maybe even our world. And I'm saying it's always been this way. You read the scriptures. Again, you get into the word, the Christians, prophets, look at the New Testament oh. too. The apostles, they're always on the ropes. Paul's always defending himself in some way or another and the legitimacy of the gospel. I was reading Jude uh, this morning and it starts off saying, I wanted to talk to you about the happy things that we agree on. But you know what, guys, I got to tell you about this because the church has always got to be wary about false teachers that are undermining the gospel. So we act like, you know, oh, everybody's so hostile and they don't like us. And it's like, you know, if you, if you have been a biblical minded and Christ-centered Christian, you've always been an enemy of this world and of its prince. Uh. Uh, you know, that roaring lion seeking to devour souls. Well, do, do you think that Satan has got some of us busy fighting false doctrine 
instead of evangelizing? Because that's it seems a good like, question. It seems yeah. like more and more, for example, another Christian guy that I talk to on a regular basis uh, is one of our vendors that, that helps us with our computer stuff, uh, mm-hmm. warranty stuff. And, you know, he, he was quoting, you know, uh, the false prophets in Jeremiah. And I told him, do you, you realize that the false prophets quoted that, right? Yeah. Well, you know, when, you know, it's peace and safety and yeah, you know, everything's you, fine. It's all good. Yeah. Do you know the false <laughs> prophets quoted that? He's like, no, I didn't. I listened to that in a sermon. And I huh. said, I think you really need to go and read it. You know, and I said, and trust me, I said, I only know this because I've been reading the prophets lately. And and that's a a lie of of the evil one against God that everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, you know, you you have, you know, you're going to have, I I said, I said, you got to stay away from the pastors that pluck out a verse and build a whole doctrine around it. Yeah. And it's usually the, the prosperity gospel. Kind yeah of so we are good I, at plucking something out of context so i guess it. that's a good question are, are we busy fighting false doctrine and so mm. we really takes us away from evangelizing the lost hmm. i think that's a very good question and it's one i've grappled with actually uh as a missouri synod pastor who's you know obviously we're very interested in right doctrine it mm-hmm. used to be um pretty much all i thought about was, you know, uh, confessional integrity and keeping the gospel pure. And I still do. But I, I guess I've come to realize that if that's all we're thinking about, we're, you know, bracing for the fight and we're going to contend for the truth. Uh, again, kind of let's uh, make sure our guns are at the ready. You're almost inviting a fight sometimes. And certainly there's, there's times for it. But I've, I've come to realize more and more, sometimes the best strategy is, is uh, you know, uh, love them, not fight them. Where I think if we, again, this is where if we actually put the gospel into practice and actually, you know, love, help, serve, you know, be kind. If we emphasize maybe more of that in, in visible ways, that becomes then a powerful, almost a powerful weapon in itself to let them know the power of God's love. It isn't idle. I think that's why sometimes the world isn't interested in Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God loves me. So what? How does it really impact or change my life? Well, in a thousand ways, not only in the hope of heaven, but I think also in the abundance of life. Now, when, when, Christ, when, when people do nice things for other people, and that's motivated by Christian love, it's a better world and, and everybody benefits from it. So I don't want to say that we should abandon orthodoxy for social ministry. That's not my point. I think that we need to always, we always have to contend for the truth. We don't, on Sunday morning when we preach, let's keep it clear. Or orthodoxy, but you you, you don't stop reaching out. But in practice, and I think that's always been to me, uh, my, my ongoing pet peeve criticism on our church body is we talk the talk, but we're not actually putting it into work mm, in, in, in applying it in ways. And I think, you know, that's what I see in Jesus, who obviously was the embodiment. He is the way, the truth and the life. He's the embodiment of God's truth, but also God is love. And I think more often where our Lord shined is when he just met that person in need and welcomed them and helped them and accepted them. Uh, this Sunday's gospel is, is Bartimaeus, the blind beggar, you know, and he, he healed him, but he did more than just give him physical sight. He also allowed him to see the love of God in that action. Mm-hmm. You know, your faith has made you well, mm-hmm. not Bartimaeus's faith as a decision or as a good work, but as a means to receive well, the yeah, gift the, of Jesus. The, the, the faith had an object and object yeah, was Christ. Christ, exactly. So I think when we allow people to see God's love in action, by our kindness, our helpfulness, our deeds, you know, that might be one way of, of, you know, and and our goal is not to minimize hostility so that, oh, now they'll like us because they see we're nice guys. Mm. That's not the motive. And I think maybe a lot of times we, we want, we want people to like us as Christians, or we want people to come to our church because they see it as good. We're human beings. We want to be on the winning side. Well, we want people to like us. That's just being a human being, right? Right. And I think that can't be the goal, though. 
No, it can't. I mean, we you you can't always uh, strive for being liked and and then and then live in the truth. It's- no, I don't. I don't care if people like me for the sake of my own popularity. I don't care if people like the Lutheran Church or say, "Oh, those Lutherans are great guys." Um, I don't care about that. I mean, it's not about winning their approval. If you're motivated by recognition or reward, it'll always end up being self-serving. You do it because it's who we are. And maybe, I guess, we got to stop worrying about some of this hostility and animosity and just understand that it's part of the game. If you're a Christian living in the world, modern or otherwise, you're going to you're going to, you know, come into, into friction with people of the world. Satan is not going to want us to advance the light against the darkness. So he's going to ramp up his forces. And I think we got to stop acting surprised that people don't like us or that they don't like the church or that they don't want to come. It's never been otherwise. I think even though there may have been periods in America's history where there's been uh, popularity there's also been a lot of periods in, in American history where there's been great animosity. One, one of the, you know, one of the most unchurched times in American history, it isn't in the 21st century. It was in the colonial era when, when we all think, oh, the Puritans all came over and everybody mm-hmm. went to church. Heck no. Most of the people, they're either busy starting their farms or doing whatever else they're doing, but it's coming out of the age of enlightenment. You know, we didn't need God. You know, we're in, a, we're in a new land. We're going to, we got all this prosperity before us. Yeah. Thanks for getting, helping us get over that big Atlantic ocean. Brad, right. But now that we're here, all this talk about, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the founding fathers too being uh, devout Christians, they're deists mainly. Sure. You know, they believed that there was a power out there and God wound up the clock, but he didn't it, really have yeah, much the, to do with our lives. But the steam was on them to get it done. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson's Bible takes out all the gospel, all the miracles, and it's just yeah. all the yeah, all the supernatural, all the all the the words of, you know, with God's love, and it reduces it to rules and laws and morality. You know, second second table of the law stuff, you know, don't steal, yeah. don't you lie. Can find, you can find a lot of religions with with the same kind of morality. So I mean, if if I was, and that's where the Great Awakening and and all these things, George Whitfield and all these guys, you know, it was a revival period. So we're thinking, oh, it's America. I thought everybody was Christians when they came. No, that wasn't. That was a time of great evangelism in the early days of our nation. So we're acting like, oh, something's really wrong now. Uh, and gee, nothing we, new we, under the sun. Nothing new, man, brother. So I tell you. One one last thing we really haven't touched on because uh, I, I kind of uh, bump into this from time to time, but the uh, how science and religion are in these days are in conflict and i really it really isn't science and religion because i see i think science and religion are our partners but it's science sure. scientism hmm. where science has become a religion okay yeah for many for many um and it it, it really is the a lot of people i talk to uh have been have been duped in college hmm. by by professors that um, well, and creationism for sure. I mean, yeah, science has per- provided an alternate uh, doctrine of creation. It's with, with evolution, but it still doesn't answer how it got started in the first place. And, no, and there's, there's, you know, and, and it being presented even in high school, by the way, uh, as truth, as evolution as truth. Mm. So it's, it's becoming, it's uh, do- uh, children younger and younger are being indoctrinated. Well, beginning. it's treated as, as taken for granted that, okay, we're already past the point of calling this the theory of evolution. It's just a fact. We, we don't know all the details, but yeah, right. I mean, uh, I suppose that could be another version I mean, of, if, if, of if, what you're talking about. If that's the foundation of, of someone's training when they're young and when they're old, how hard is it to, to get them to look at anything else? Well, if you can't trust the Bible, you know, the first page, you know, maybe the rest of it is yeah. all stories and poetry too, you I, know, I, and yeah. I talked to one, I've talked to one science teacher and I actually got him to actually think a little bit because here was somebody who was raised in the church, but went to, mm-hmm. went off to college. He was, right. uh, he became a math teacher and he said he believed in God, but he thought God was the ultimate mathematician. He could see the, mm. he could see the order in creation, 
right? right? He could see the complexity and he knew that it's almost a, like Muslim. The Islam talks about all the geometry well, he, of God. Well, yeah, he, he, he knew there was a creator, mm-hmm. but he said what he got hung up on because he said he went to, you know, when he went to college, he went to a religious college first. And he said it, the history, the history, there are gaps, the things that don't make sense. And, and, and I couldn't trust the Bible because of the history. And, and I got him to see uh, over several conversations that, look, I don't go to the Bible for history lessons. I go to right. the Bible to find Christ in the Old Testament. Sure. And the yeah. fulfillment in the new. And well, I mean, anybody that tells a story does some editing. You don't yeah. include every single step of the journey. Well, exactly. Or it's I told be... him, I said, God, God told us what we needed to know. Right. And what we need to know is we need to know Christ. He edited it to the, from, you know, Genesis, from the Garden of Eden to the cross. Right. And a little bit of history after that of the church. And that's what we need to know. Now yeah. we're waiting for Jesus to come back. Yeah. From, from, from the beginning to the end, I told him it's all about Christ. I said, yeah. I don't go to Bible for history lessons. Huh? I go. I'm surprised that I, would be so important. To I'm trying to find Christ. And he stopped and he thought about it. And maybe, you know, with this person, the, a lot of the bricks were out of the bag because he could see already the order in creation. He could see that there was a creator. Oh, so it, it was a lot it easier. Screams but of he, the existence said, of God know, in the order of creation. Yeah. He says, you know, you're, you know, you've got something that I've, I've never thought about that before. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, that, but I mean, is, is science and Christianity at odds? No, heck no, no, not at uh, all. No, so I thank God for science. I mean, the discovery I see science as being a, a tool of God to, to make the world a better place. Without theology, there is no science, mm, yeah, because there is no, I mean, really, if, if you're starting from square one, there's no order. And, and, and nothing can be testable or repeatable, right? You know, the scientific method and, and logical conclusions drawn that there are principles at work that govern these things that speaks to a lawgiver, I right. mean, to a, a creator who establishes, you know, the, the, the uh, physical laws that we count on for things to work as they do and work that way again, when we need them and apply them. So that's, that's science. I think when science oversteps its jurisdiction, and draws conclusions outside of the physical, observable, testable realm is when they get into trouble. Right. You know, for, for example, they can't comment on the supernatural or the non-physical. Exactly. For example, uh, they they uh, you know you they can say, hey, you know what? Dead people don't come back from the dead. Dead right. people don't come back to life. And we could say, yes, that's true, except for exceptions. And miracles, you know, exceptions mm-hmm. of miracles like Jesus coming back from the dead. Right. You know, they can't, it, it, if they, they, they can say, I, we could say, yeah, I mean, in, uh, in, in everyday life, you're right, but you don't leave any room for miracles. You don't leave room for God's supernatural or for the immaterial. They can't, they can't, you can't put a soul in a, you know, an MRI. Uh, you can't do an x-ray on the body and find the soul. So, I mean, the spiritual side of this whole equation that, yeah, p- p- normally people don't, don't rise from the dead, but the Bible has an explanation for that because they're steeped in sin. The wage of sin is death. But the new birth, the resurrection comes through faith in Christ, and it will affect the body one day, but that's where faith enters right. in. And of course, you, can't, you can't put faith under a microscope. Right. Yeah, I mean, you could look at provable and repeatable scientific laws and say, yeah, well, you know, normally this doesn't happen. How, you know, but you, you know, science shouldn't comment on things that God can do and God can do anything. Right. I said stick to your jurisdiction. Sure. The yeah. physical universe, the observable, mm-hmm. the touchable. Right. You know, the, the material things that that's right. where science speaks and is a valuable right. uh, ally, I think. And, and we have we have arguably Jesus, the most influential person that ever lived. If he died and stayed dead, there would be a body. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they would have the Jews would have produced a body. Sure. They that would have, would have been they inclusive would have evidence, right. physical evidence. If you but, wanted to quench this myth of this, uh, this carpenter prophet rising from the dead. Yeah, you would have made sure 
uh, that you proved otherwise. But there's no body and there never no. has been and there never will be. Because he's he risen from the dead. From the dead. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. If, if Christianity wasn't true, produce the body. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. That's good forensics. Right. That's, I mean, if we we're going to do a crime, if we were going to apply, you know, forensics, which is the science of crime investigation based on certain evidence. Yeah. That's what you would do. Right. And then so, and, and I know we're venturing now into apologetics, but you know, you've got, you've got the, the argument that, Hey, 500 people saw him at one time after the resurrection. Well, and you have a sociological argument too, which again is science in a way. Why would people commit their lives to something they knew was a lie? Right. Why would they die, suffer great persecution for something they knew that wasn't true? Because they, they would have known Jesus didn't rise from the dead, really, if he didn't rise from the dead, but he appeared before them. And they dedicated their lives to this gospel and to this truth that dead people can live again through Christ. Right. Now, why would you do that? That doesn't make, maybe one crazy fanatic might, maybe two, but this was a, became a worldwide movement. Right. And, and look at Paul. Paul didn't even meet Jesus while he was living. He met right. him on the road to Damascus. Sure. He was popular. He Sometime was, later. He was, he was uh, a hero because he was persecuting Christians. And he, 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 and, yeah, he was the golden child of, so, of that whole pharisaical thing. Yeah. So he gives that all up Doesn't for the sake sense, of Christ. Right. And, and he suffers everything, beatings, stonings, shipwrecks, uh, persecutions. Uh, Fanaticism to, to can only explain to, so much. To preach Not this, that. To preach this gospel. Right. To preach the good news of Christ. So, uh, you know, yeah, I know we're venturing again into apologetics and this is great. And, you know, this, these are, these are, these are things that we can show to people that are skeptical right you can't argue anybody or hostile heaven. or hostile <laughs> hostile but, but, but you argumentative can you can you argue somebody into heaven no who who's I, whose job is that to convert them that's the holy spirit's work amen yeah. Yeah. we can we can present the truth and that's what i think we got to do on this whole conversation is we got to present the truth do it without apology but do it also in love we're not right. trying to win an argument uh, we're trying to win somebody for the right. kingdom of heaven. And Jesus has already paid the price for their salvation. We're just trying to let them know of it. All right. So I think, I think if, we, if we look at it that way, brother, if we look at it like, look, we're not trying to be right. We're not trying to show that we're no. better or the church somehow is great and you should love us. If we just say, look, we're doing what God, our Savior, told us to do, uh, to go out, to share his good news, to make disciples of all nations, uh, to love our neighbor and help where we can. And, and then maybe we won't be so... right. We put, we, put our, we put ourselves in the same boat, chief of sinners, though I be, right. Jesus shed his blood for me. Right. You know, we put ourselves in that same simple boat as everybody else. We don't put ourselves above anybody else. We identify with them. Right. And not separate from them. And we're not uh, looking for pats on the back. We're not looking, not looking for, for medals. We, we're not looking we, for trophies. No, uh, we, 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 sh we, we enjoy, enjoy. We love our neighbor as ourselves because we're free from our sins. And, and transgressions and to um, suffer for christ that's in the bible called a blessing i mean yeah, and if we suffer loss i mean in our country we're going to suffer loss of maybe our job but we're not gonna yeah suffer. The, 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 you know we, the days may be coming death. i don't know it, i don't know I, it's it's hard now to envision that in america but it's very i've come to realize it's very possible that there would be that level well, of persecution yeah, censorship give it, give, it, give it time and it could go that way uh yeah. you know uh, the devil the church be, may have to go underground in america the devil what after the thousand years is loose to go deceive the nation so you never know yeah. what might happen under uh you know when devil gets loose to right to under go. hate speech or they'll find all kinds of ways yeah, but, to be again uh, and you know uh oppositional to the church that stands on the word right but hey you, the gates of hell won't prevail against the church right. I, i'm 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 no longer worried about it. I just accept it as part of the job of being a Christian as well as being a pastor in a Christian church, that this is just the way it's always been. And it's, it's never going to change this side of heaven where people embrace, you know, the gospel joyfully and willingly, but there's always going to be those ones. You mentioned the narrow way. There'll always be those ones, David. And for them, you know, we, we keep diligent to the our task. Door, our door is open. There's going to be something mm -hmm. that, that God will, will, lead our way and yeah and god willing you know we 
we can we can be instruments of his grace be there to love him and help where we can yeah i think we've hit all the bases what do you think i think so too man it was kind of a different topic for us today yeah we were looking for like well it's october we've already talked about ghosts and demons and <laughs> let's just talk about how we're feeling and we're feeling sometimes frustrated but i feel uplifted now yeah. i feel yeah, uplifted. i hope our, i hope our listeners feel too Hey, you're in good company. It's not always easy being a biblical-minded, Christ-centered Christian in America today, but all is not lost. God is still at work. You can tell people that Jesus loves them. You can show them his love. That's it. You know, with your, uh, you know, your love toward them. So, uh, you know, don't give up. Don't give up in well-doing, right? There's more of us than you think out there. Yep, there are. And, uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll bring some, we'll, we'll help. We'll help yeah. bring some into the kingdom. That's why I look at it. You know, yeah. it's a one-on-one thing. Maybe the gateway is narrow because you can only walk through one at a time. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. That's a thought maybe. to leave on. Yeah, you know, that is a good, yeah. I like that. I like that. One at a time. All right, brother. Well, hey, good was, talking dude. Yeah. It's always good talking to you, man. And we'll, uh, we'll be, uh, back online soon with a new podcast and yeah, until then, Thanksgiving or something. I don't right, know. Right. There you go. We'll think of something. Well, until then, uh, God be with you until we meet again, until we meet again. <laughs>